cassette player, digital cassette player. Mm -hmm. Oh, Phyllis, how funny. <laughs> it's, it's spinning. Okay, we're good. We're recording. This is, uh, I told Phyllis, I said, it's just never quite the same when you're not here. And uh, I said, even when I, all of a sudden, you're missing, I can tell something's not all, and then I'll realize she's, you know, stepped out, something's come up or whatever. So um, so now she's so close that if I make a mistake, as she, yeah, she may correct me right here. <laughs> Phyllis, I want you to know, Carol is sitting in the back row, grinning like a chessy cat, like she's just, you know, she's got the orneriest grin on her face over this, so. I probably should mute her so she doesn't, yeah. All right. Oh, oh yeah, I've got to go home for lunch, yeah. Oh, my goodness, amen. We've done this with you too, Cindy, haven't we? At some point, yeah, we've kept you in the loop, so amen. Oh, my, what a day. How funny. You know, so many people just all of a sudden are all over the place. The brothers are all gone, moving Samuel and Katrina into their new apartment. And uh, Kurt and Pam, what's that? They, they've moved down to close to Cincinnati, living with Tanya, so they got an apartment down there. And uh, they just they finally got that. So they've been doing well. And uh, so um, Lacey and Marcus and... Diane and Craig went down to help them with that move. I have been uh, in John 1, <clears throat> and um, beginning to memorize uh, this, um, this chapter, and it's more challenging in the Passion Translation, but I keep going back to it, and I, I love it because it is just giving me so many fresh perspectives. And in memorizing, it's, it's the best way of really starting to um, uh, chew the cud, like to meditate, to ruminate, like bring things back up and meditate on the words and get them deeper into your heart and soul. And um, when I awaken in the morning, there's either, there's often a scripture there in my mind I start to quote or I quote, or start quoting something and um, it just has such a powerful effect. And uh, if you're younger than I am, I would encourage you to memorize now because it doesn't get easier as you progress in maturity. Amen? So things that I learned as a child, young, verses that I learned, I still have them. Bam, they're just right there. And then new things I'm trying to memorize, they're, you know, I have to really work at that and, and concentrate and meditate. But... Uh, it, it's so powerful. Listen to the words, and the longer I've thought and I come up and I'll be up here praying, the more, longer that I think of this, the, the more it, it changes and transforms into a reality. And um, Maria Brothers shared uh, two weeks ago, yeah, I believe it was, and she talked about... Uh, your, what your worldview is, is how, how, that how much it affects you. And you don't necessarily realize you have a worldview, but it is how you look at the world and look at circumstances and situations. And uh, 
Maria and I have had conversations on the phone, and I loved her, what, what she shared, and we've been talking about it beforehand, and, and, and she has more, and I'm like, you need to put that together. She goes, I already have it together. It's the other half of what I didn't share on that Sunday. I said, well, you're coming back, because I said it helps us so much. And, and her testimony, and it was, it was really important even for me to hear her talk uh, from the days when she really came to know the Lord and, and made this huge change, and uh, she, she had to have, like, this is Robin Bullock's testimony, too. So, Lord, I can't go back to, he was in music, and that's all he knew how to make money, so I've got to quit going back to the bars. Uh, I'll get sucked right back into that life. Show me how to make money and how to live without going there. And he learned how to sow seed, and the Lord was really, like, he's just an amazing giver now. And um, <clears throat> if you you don't realize like what it takes for you to come out of that old way. And so Maria would come out here and just hang out. We didn't do Bible studies, but she was her, here, her and Brady, and they would spend, there was a summer or two, several, I think. They were just here a lot, and they just did, we just did life together. They just were around us. And in that, <clears throat> it, there's this discipling, like this gets back to the original way that we were train up our children, that they watch your life, that they are part of your life, that as much as possible they're alongside of you and things. And they make observations of you and how you deal with situations and their learning, good, bad, or indifferent. And, and they're learning how to relate to people for better or for worse. They're learning how to manage money for better or for worse. They're, they're learning from you. And that's a very good natural thing. So that, it's, a, it's, the, it's the greatest, it's the most effective way of teaching that there is. It's modeling, watching, watching what's modeled to you. That's why uh, YouTube is so effective for people that are fixing things and repairing things. Even I can fix things on my car. If, you know, you just find the YouTube video. Um, like um, the simplest thing of changing a light bulb on my Subaru, you know, the old way was open the, open the hood and reach down in and put the light. Like, no, this is concealed, contained. But there's an easy way to get to it. But if you, you've got to watch the way, and it's a whole different up under the, through the wheel well and take this cover off, and then it's right there, you know, like that thing. So visually watching things it just it's amazing how how effective that is how good that is and so your worldview gets set by different things and this is why we're so concerned about our public school systems and our kids children spending so much time there and there's truly an agenda we've been talking more and more and more about this uh, that by the time they hit college and especially once they go to college they are inundated with things that is none of education's business teaching. Like they've, they've made that their priority uh, to teach you things that's none of their business. It's our business. It's the church's business to teach values, who's God, what creation is, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to get off in, into that too much, but Maria was sharing that as, as she came up and at different stages, her worldview was challenged by things we were we believed in and what we were doing and she had to come and didn't even realize it affected her too bad until she came into certain certain areas that you know new seasons and different levels and she went 
she realized, oh my, this is her story, oh my, like, this is how I always looked at it, and now I have to, I have to, I have to consider this other, this other thing. That might not have been a good, you know, a good view, good way of, of looking at things. So this helps set this, and the more that our worldview is established here, the more powerful we are, the more confident we are, the more settled we are. And without that, everything's coming at you and you start to weaken. This is why it's so dangerous to get away from the word and get away from the scripture, get away from church. I watch people that are away too long. It, it changes. They get changed. They don't intend to change, but they get changed. The isolation has an effect and if you're only surrounded by the world, there's, it's funny how you're, you know, this standard lowers a little bit, this standard lowers pretty soon. You're, you're, we've watched people change radically. And it's heartbreaking. And we all, it's a task that's given to all of us to stay established and and the way that we do that is to renew our minds and to come back and meditate on the word and let the Lord set our worldview. And primarily our worldview is this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. There's a plethora of standards in that in that scripture in that verse John 3:16 there's so many things that are the solid foundation if you just learned that verse as a child you don't realize how many things it establishes there is a god <laughs> he has a plan he loves the world he after Many, many years comes up with a, with a, has a plan. Well, from the beginning, foundations of the earth, he had a plan on how to redeem us. How to save us. And he, he set that in motion and gives his only begotten son so that we too can be his sons and his daughters, that we can be like Jesus. Listen to the wording in John 1, Passion Translation. In the very beginning... The living expression, and that's the term, that's the wording for the word or for Jesus. The living expression was already there. So you know how we watch a cinema, we'll watch a, a movie, and it's so effective at the beginning of the movie if, if the camera and the music's going and, and it, it, it either comes in on a small thing or it starts with a small thing, and it spans out and gives you this perspective. You know how that, that's always a fun thing to do in, in cinema when you see that, like this coming down. And the, what you initially saw gets transformed into a whole nother dimension because of the, it opens up into the context of the whole thing. And one day when I was meditating on this, I, I, I saw that, like I envisioned or imagined that happening. It comes down to this focal point about the very beginning. So not only is it uh, the uh, geographical location, but it's also time. We are, this takes you back to the beginning. 
So even, even time, it comes through time and comes to this moment of in the beginning that is beyond our comprehension. Like, can't really, the beginning, this isn't a beginning, this is the beginning, the beginning, whatever that is. The living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face. So you see this picture and how concrete this is that Jesus was there with the Father. We know him as Jesus, and we know the Father. They were there together, and face to face means in, in presence. There wasn't a word in, uh, for presence in the Hebrew. So this terminology, they were face to face. They, they were there together. When you, when you meet someone, you realize uh, they tell you, oh yeah, I, I know this person. I grew up with them. I was a family member. I lived in their house. I lived in that. I was like, I know them. And you, you get this picture. You go, oh, you don't just know their name. Like, oh, yeah, I went to school with them. I went to church with them. I did. They tell you a, whole more, a lot more of the picture of how, how intimate and how much you do know them. And they're, they're, it changes their perspective of you. You're like, oh, oh, you really know. Then you know, da-da. You know that. It's like, Yeah. I was there with them. I grew up in that household. I grew up close. I grew up, you know. And so same with Jesus. He was there in, in the very beginning, in the presence of God. And though through his creative inspiration, I love this wording, through his creative inspiration, the living expression made all things. So wow, like, we kind of learn this in your heads that Jesus created everything, but this makes it more real. He was the one that fashioned. He, there was a creative inspiration in him that created all things. He made all things, and nothing has existence apart from him. Colossians says the same thing, repeats this uh, in verse chapter 1 or 2. That nothing, everything has its substance. Everything is connected. He, he is the element that holds all things together. It, it, it's intricate. This, this affects your worldview. When you get out of, out of the teaching of the world, you realize, whoa, that's bad. Like, if you start here, if you grew up here, you don't have to fight that thing. You're like, oh, yeah, of course, the, the, we know. I know that the word it, tell, it tells me, but if you grow up not believing this and not being trained, then it's a big deal when a person comes to Jesus after growing up in this world system. There's a pro, there's quite a process to go through to get reestablished about truth. Nothing has its existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him, and his life is light for all humanity. Now, we just took two very, very, very important words. His life and light. His life and light. And the absence of light is darkness. Light to all of us, light matters. Even when we take it for granted, light matters, doesn't it? Nothing worse than true, absolute darkness. 
And so his life was light for all humanity. This is a foundational truth. Whether people are religious or not, his life, his light became light for all humanity. The only light there is in humanity is the light that comes from his life. The light that comes from his life. And this living expression is light that bursts through gloom. Now I know something. Now I know a fact, an eternal fact, that when the light com- his light comes, when his life comes, when his light comes and his life brings light, this is an answer. This is what is needed when there's darkness. This is, this is what's needed. Life and light. Without that, we're absolute darkness. Without that, there's not true life. There's just busyness. There's just other things, but not life. We want life running through our veins. And as we come deeper into this revelation, you start to realize this this is in my blood. This life is in me. This life permeates me. It transforms me, and it affects just like Jesus did. He came. His life was light for all humanity. The light that darkness could not diminish. So this is a big deal. We sing a song, I am no victim, like is so it's come back around to be such a revelation that is such a huge thing to to deal with that victim mentality and and as I was meditating on this and we're going to move into Romans 8 of all things that that chapter connects so perfectly up with this that people are in two realms they're they're either in the realm of I'm I'm good I don't I don't need anything. I'm entitled to whatever God has and whoever he is. Or the opposite, the other part is I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy of what he has. I believe, but I don't believe he loves me. I can't get into that that place where he loves me as well. That's just as bad of a place. So people are often in these two, at these two extremes. We need to, there's this, this, thing, this place where we come where we're, we are perfectly, my guitar. I prayed for my guitar, waited on for a long time, sowed seed to get my guitar because I wanted a really good guitar. And through situations and circumstances and a job, I was able to finally, I was able to buy the guitar that was like, the best I could afford. It was very nice. Every time I pick it up, it still needs tuned. It constantly needs adjusted because it's, a, it's, it's affected by the environment. It's affected by the heat, the cold, the humidity. And so it, it causes it to slightly go out. And so I adjust it. And 
I'm speaking today on this subject because we are continually in need of tuning, of adjustment. And if you keep it tuned, the piano back in the corner is a little bit more complicated with the same concept. It's a little more complicated to tune that. And it also is affected by things. So when it goes out, it's a big deal to get it back in. There's multiple, three, some, some of the notes have three strings per, for one note. They've got to be perfectly in, in tune with each other. So it's not just six strings like my guitar. It's how many ever more? There's 88 keys and there's a bunch more strings than that. Somebody knows that. So being out of tune, being out of a line, it doesn't take a lot. And all of a sudden, you don't sound good. You're not... The melody, it's... If you're sensitive to music and sensitive to things being in tune, and all, then music that's out is like, oh, gosh, don't, don't, don't do that. But when it's tuned, it's like, wow. It, it, it almost becomes living. And, and your life is the same way when you're in tune and aligned. And I, I would just say, I need constantly aligned, right or wrong. I don't stay in tune very long without those adjustments. That's just my reality. I need my, my attitude needs tuned up. My belief system needs tuned up. And Lord, Jesus, I'm living on the planet. I'm affected by their worldview. And it needs adjusted. It needs brought into, hey, we need to cut this off and add this and change this. Like, oh, this is built wrong. This belief system is built wrong. It's on a wrong foundation. No wonder you're having so much trouble. The, the word and the person of Jesus in your life brings all that into alignment. That's really good news. And we need to move our trust and hope from stuff and things to this. I, I adjure you. I, I beseech you. Take a second look at this and realize you need more of this. When I'm not doing well and I'm aware of it and I know Jesus is aware of it, my prayer is, hey, I need more of you, not less of you. Don't leave me now. The only hope for me getting better is more of you. Even though I'm a hot mess and I should be better than I am right now, the only hope of changing is you. The um, group, uh, we, we the Kingdom, they have a song. Like They have some really neat songs. And um, I think I told you last week, they actually did the theme song for The Chosen. When you hear that music, it's uh, Don't Tread on Me. It's one of their songs. Like I, I really have come to enjoy them. And they have a song about um, holy, holy water, I think. And, and it's like, don't let me abuse your grace. Like, they've got it in a song. Like, have you ever prayed that? Lord, don't let me abuse your grace. I know I've got grace. I know if there's mercy. Don't let me abuse that. I want to. The, my, your grace is the only thing that makes me want to change. That's the words of the song. Your grace coming, pouring on me is what makes me want to change. More of your grace. I need more of your grace. I need more changing. I need more of your grace. Not harder work, not more, you know, 
other things that we tend to do, but I need more of your grace. Pour, pour out on me. You're the hope that I have of changing, of this worldview getting reset, of getting tuned, of getting aligned. John comes in, he's a messenger of that in, in verse 9, for the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created. That is, those, that's a line out of, the, um, out of a song that was from Hillsong that was so popular. Lots of words to the song, so I never tried to do it, but uh, so, so am I. No. Uh, oh, it's just like three simple words. It's I know, you, I know you know it, and I can't remember the title. But this line, he entered into the very world he created. He entered into the world, he create, he's the creator, and then he comes and enters into it. Okay? Oh. He doesn't come to a foreign place, he comes to a place that he made. When the creator comes to a place that he made... Every knee should bow and every tongue con should confess, you're the architect. Oh my gosh, you built this place. You designed this place. You designed me. You called me by name. You're, you're the one from the beginning of time, from the very beginning, who had a creative inspiration to make everything that nothing has existence without you. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. Oh, my gosh. And they were. We know the story of Jesus coming to the earth. He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. Why? Because they were out of tune. They were out of alignment, and when he came, they missed it. All this circumstance about being religious and doing everything right and all of the things that they work so hard at doing, Jesus comes and, you know, we have this expression, 747, like right over your head, you know. He came, he walked among them, and they missed him. What? Like, something's wrong when you your whole religious belief is based on the Messiah coming and, you, and he walked right by you and you didn't see it. In verse 12, but those who embrace him and took hold of his name were given authority to became, become his children of God, become the, the children of God. Embrace him, took hold of his name. He was not born by joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us, and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory or his preciousness. The glory in verse, uh, going on in verse 14, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. And when you're seeking the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you like those words to show up. The adjectives, the, the defining of who he is, mercy and truth. Yeah, that would help. That's a 
really good feeling. You know, you go to meet someone, how, how funny it is, how often will like uh, someone to do some work for you, the, um, um, the auto repair guy, the appliance repair person, the person, the builder, the this, the that, you know, and, and we'll, I'll catch, we all say this, we'll go, they're a nice guy. They're, they're, he's a nice person. It's a nice place. They're, you know, why do we say that? Like, and why is that comfort? Don't we say, have, is, am I the only one? I hear this all the time. We'll, we'll, we'll give it like, we'll use that. We'll say, they're not, it's, they're nice. It's a nice place. You know, they do a good job. Why we do, we're assuring our friend who we're, you know, referring to this, that you'll be treated fairly. Like there's a, is, there's an approachable you want to see a person that's kind of upside down? Let them deal with someone that's unrighteous. Oh, that because in the exchange of things and receiving a service or giving a service, and in that exchange, it's covenant. When it goes bad, it leaves a mark on people. Like it's I've seen people struggle for years over a bad purchase or something that went bad like it just it le- it's almost like getting robbed like there's an effect it has because there was a, something was wrong in the exchange something unfair an unfairness a, an unkindness a you know a scam a, a thing like you know something goes wrong there's a you're dealing with a person that doesn't have integrity hopefully it's not you but i mean like yeah and, and it affects us and so how much more when we're relating to God and we can trust in this that he's full of mercy and truth. I'm coming to Jesus continually to be tuned by him and adjusted by him and infused by him to, to more, more, more. And, and I have this, he's mercy and truth. That helps a lot with my final approach. Because once you're approaching you do that, you're committed to land. <laughs> Once you get a certain degree of distance from where you're going, you're committed. You're landing a plane. There's this point where you get to where you're committed to the landing, right, Michael? Like, you're committed. It's really hard to pull up now. And we come into situations, and so when we're approaching the Lord, it's really comforting to know, to believe that flies. Those dumb flies. Get out of here. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I was, I was just led to a verse later in the chapter that simply states this. You know this. It's verse 31. It says, if God's for you, who can be against you? Yeah? So that's a great verse. and quote it, but it's a very, like, very deep verse, and, and I think it's important to take time to lay out the background of that, why that is so, why you can really stand on that. So let's begin to read slowly through this. I, I won't go long. I don't even care how far I get. But it is so refreshing looking at this, and especially with this reference from John chapter 1. It begins now in the, uh, verse 1 in chapter 8 of Romans. So now 
The case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Bing. So here's the question. Are you in life union with Jesus? I'm not going to tell you you're not, and I'm not going to tell you you are. You need to know that. That's an experience. Are you in life union with him? We should never try to convince people they are if they're not. Make them feel better. And we should never try to convince people they're not if they are. Because they don't look like they should be. They're, you know, unlovable, uneasy. You know, there's something we've like, oh. We can go both ways. I know, not you, but yeah. We can, we can go to that place like, oh, they're not a Christian. Like, don't just, you know what? Just don't say that. Don't talk. I was thinking as I was meditating. <laughs> we should go on a fast. You know, we always talk about fasting. We always think about doing without food. We should go on a, a, a tongue fast. And fast complaining Fast speaking how you feel when it's not in alignment with the word. Like, just, like, oh, I can't say that. I'm fasting. You know, how, about, how would that be? Like, in, in the household, you look at your husband, your wife, like, you go to say, you go, mm, and they're like, what? Like, well, I'm fasting. I can't, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Like, I, I feel so bad. <laughs> I was like Phyllis's worst nightmare. When it came to how much I struggled leading this church and how much I spoke, how negative I was, how badly I spoke about my part in leading, it about put her over the edge. There's times when she's like Job's wife, why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with for both of us. Because I was always, if I had feelings, you should say them, right? If you feel like things aren't going to work out, you should say it. If you think you're going to crash, you should speak it. If you think you're going to go broke, you should tell the story. If you think everybody else in the church hates you, you should go around and talk about it. You know, like it's weird. I'm always running into things people believe. I'm like, whoa, 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 that, that's not true. Where did you come up with that? Why would you think that? That little voice is very real, isn't it? It gets chattering right here. No one's around. And it tells you things. And then if it can get you to say, go ahead, say it, say it, say it, say it. Things are never going to get better. Say it, say it, say it, say it. A man, you say it, and the words come out of your mouth, and you just start getting locked into this thing. Wow. I didn't used to like to even hear those kind of statements, but... Now that I'm a little older and wiser, it's true. And when we agree with that and we're speaking things we feel, we're not, we're not speaking things that God promised to us. And are we lacking in some areas? Absolutely. Are there some things that could use changing? Absolutely. Would it help if you grew up a little bit? Absolutely. 
But the promise of who you're going to be is here in Jesus' words, and it's not in your feelings. And you, the more you voice those things, I mean, we all have our weak moments, but let's get them down to very, very seldom, very few times that we say that, and that we just hang on to the promise. What's, so what's, what do you have to lose if you hold on to the promise to the very end? And at the end, you lose. Like, then you're face to face with Jesus. He's like, well done. You kept your confession right on, right on line. But Jesus, I died. It's like, I'm, you're with me, man. It's okay. It's good. You didn't lose. We must make these major adjustments to eternal things. If, if you don't, this is so hard to live in this world right now. Is it not? Are you not pulled, turned, tossed, Yank, full of whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm watching rock solid people just struggle like, oh, wow. And listen to some of these prophets. I'm like, I'm so impressed. You're just like calm, cool, and collected. It's hard to stay in that place, isn't it? It's hard to stay with a good confession. It's hard not to get angry. It's hard not to be a victim. And Romans 8.31 is like, hey, that's bad talking there. Because if God's for you, who can be against you? Life union with Jesus. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of our human nature. Selah, so true. There it is. There's why the law doesn't work. Because we're in the scenario. That's, that's why it doesn't go well, because we're weak. We can't keep that stuff. And so he took care of that problem. Verse, we're still finishing up verse 3, I think. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. So is your confession that you have some human weakness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, do you have, you have a, you know, leaky basement? Do you have a this? Do you have a that? I'm thinking of different ads. Like, yeah. Like, you're in luck. We fix that stuff. We fix those things. You have some human weakness? You're in luck. Jesus comes and helps you with your human weakness. Don't be surprised. Go, hey, I'm, I'm in line. You, who, who here, here has human weakness? I do, I do. Come on, come on to the counter. Let's get this dealt with. It's like a whole different concept. Yeah? We always have this approach where we fix ourselves first, clean up first. Jesus comes, clothed with humanity. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. How does this chapter start out? There is no condemnation, period. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Verse 4, so now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. Ah. Oh. There's nothing about me in that statement, <laughs> except that I'm the vessel that needs filled. 
Jesus living in me is the transformation. Jesus living in you is what changes you. Don't change yourself. You don't get better. When you do change yourself and especially go, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't do this, that. Like, that's dangerous. That's self-righteousness. That's religion. That's separated from Christ. That's what that is. Okay, so you went all week and you didn't swear once. That's not the point. You missed it. You're missing the point. Is Jesus in you? If you didn't and you and Jesus, then it's because of him. You get no credit. You go, Jesus, you're doing a great job on me. That's that should be our confession. Jesus, you're really helping me. I didn't call myself a bad name all week. That's amazing. Jesus, you're fixing, you're helping me. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. That's freedom. Freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from myself. Freedom. Yay. Freedom to live, follow Jesus instead of stumbling all over myself and making a mess and being stubborn. No more donkey. I'm now, I'm now a sheep. I'm a lamb following the shepherd. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. You can get really rich doing that, by the way. Bad reward at the end, just saying. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. So here is key, like we're getting all this, these key things. There's a riot in the foyer. I shouldn't say, but I, I thought Black Lives Matter just walked through the back door. <laughs> Mask and everything. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was Linkovich there. Yeah. For the mindset, mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. So now we've just simplified this so, so much, believing in Jesus, and your goal for every day is just, Jesus, what are you doing today? And some of it you probably won't like. Go help the mother-in-law. It's not that it's all fun. It's not that it's easy. It's that you discern, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do today. And if I do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy. It will make me happy because it's, the le- it's what Jesus is leading me to do. Not every, this is why we get mixed up with being led by the Spirit is only what feels good. That's a bad mistake that we make. Very bad. That's how I wish it was. But, you know, and sometimes we... Make excuses like, well, I was led to do that, you know, because that's what was going to feel good. 
you can be led to do some pretty bad things. So, but there's, it's discerning what's, the, what's Jesus really saying to do. What, what's truly from him? Not doing more, not doing less, but truly following that. It, it's amazing. This is the key to the spirit-filled life that finds, what are the key words here? Life and peace. Wow. You can't buy that on Amazon. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. Ooh, ouch. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of him. Hard reality. But let's, 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 let's lay it out. If that's not operating in your life, then don't like change that. Get connected. This is, this is the key. This is the substance. This is what it takes. You're not of him. Now Christ lives his life in you, and I'm in verse 10 now. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. This is in verse 11. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, whoa, wow, now, now, now we're into the power. Well, now we're into resurrection power. Now this is, there's a promise here of resurrection functioning in our life, flowing through our life. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. That's great news. I wonder, in your worldview, in your mindset, do you believe the flesh has, has some things on you? Think about it for a minute. There are easily lies you don't even realize until it would get, the Holy Spirit points it out. Things you believe about yourself that you feel locked in, you believe you're locked into. It can have to do with family. I'm going to end up just like my parents. I'm going to end up just like this person. I'm going to, you know, because you're born into that. Or it can, it, can be, it can be anything that this mindset locks you into that's not the truth according to the gospel of. And you have a hopelessness in that area that, any, that nothing can change. Um, we come up against this in our in in uh, diseases and sicknesses and weaknesses in our body, heart conditions, diabetes, you know, different conditions. Yeah, and if it's in your family, you're like, well, it's really hard to believe. It's like, oh yeah, all my family had this problem. Everybody had a high blood pressure. And you have to. If you yield to it, it 
manifest. Like, it's so weird. Like, this is absolutely true. When I was very, like, young, young as, as some of you young, younger adults and, and, uh, and, and even young, I, I, I went to the doctor, our local family doctor. It's like, hey, your blood pressure's up. Why don't you let me put you on something? Now, my mother's on blood pressure. I'm like, and she was always on something. I'm like, and I'm just like, I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm not doing, uh-uh. I'm not going down that. Like, it was, it was very sobering. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going down that road. She was, yeah, she was prone to always be sick with something. And I didn't ignore it. I didn't, I, I got serious about getting healthy. There was a point when I went, I'm, am I perfect? No, but I really started changing how I ate and, and doing things that would, and I, I, that came down quickly. And I, I managed my, even to today, my blood pressure is still great. Like, isn't that awesome? It's a testimony. If you, if you knew what I grew up in and if you knew how I attached myself to those things, wow. That was a big deal to, to block, to stop that, to not yield to that and not, not grow into that. There, there were several things that were a fight to stay, to go, no, there's, there's a different way. And if I got weak, Phyllis straightened me out. Like she, like, no, you're not going down that road. Like, that really happened, and it really mattered. It's like, she just like, no, 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 no. And, and so it's, it's this thing of, of letting, letting your, that, that mindset and those strongholds and that worldview of even if it's just your world get, get changed and, and adjusted so that, so that you're, you're, you're functioning from the resurrection life that's in you. And, and, and different things that manifest, like, um, you know, I've had a terrible coughing issue for about five years. Like, I only had one season that was really free from it, but for like uh, four or five, four or five uh, winters in a row, I could hardly talk. I'd lose my voice. I just was consistent. Boom, 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 over, over. And I could not stand this kind of weather. Um, and then if it's rainy and cold. I couldn't stand to walk out the door. I couldn't stand to walk up to the church. Like everything, just being in that air, not the bitter cold, but just that any, once it got down 50s, 40s, and it was wet, I just felt crushed. Like this was really, it was really difficult. It was a pain. The other day I was working on my house. It was 40 degrees and raining and it didn't bother me. It was the first, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really doing good. Just, just believing, praying over myself, doing, making choices that make it so that it's like, st- stop that. I'm not living like that. I'm not, I'm not going to be in that. And, and following the Spirit and praying constantly about, about things like, Lord will lead us. He will help us. This, this thing, this is, we have lay claim to this. It's, it's hugely here. I reread this chapter the other day and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is like music. This, this lays out a whole thesis statement for, I can be a new person. I can be free from that. I don't have to go down that road. I can, I can break, that can be broken in Jesus. Jesus wants me to break that. He wants me to believe what he's telling me about myself. For those that believe, those that, that 
come into life union with him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I come. I want to connect. I want to just spend time like I, 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 I have like with a, a renewed fervor to pray in the spirit because I don't believe in my understanding as much as I believe in my spirit. I'm like, I'm so tired of thinking everything through and how I feel, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I know the power. The power is I pray in the spirit. And things change. I can't see it. I don't have understanding for it, but things change. You know, I'm just taking time and spending time and letting that flow in me. It's transforming me physically, emotionally, spiritually. It opens doors that I can't figure out. I have such a default. I want to slap myself sometimes. Like, I got to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Stop. I need to follow Jesus, that's all. Follow him, obey him. Be filled with his spirit. Be filled more with his spirit. Be filled again with his spirit. I remember some of the times when the spirit was falling on me and my flesh was like screaming like, you look like an absolute fool. But that was also confirmation that it wasn't for me because I wouldn't act like that. One day I walked up to the church. I got stopped in the parking lot just out where the blacktop is. I couldn't move, just suspended. The church was starting. I'm like, I would just... <laughs> I wasn't sinning. It was, it was the Spirit. It made no sense. There was a whole season, and I'm like, I'm struggling so bad because it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. God just kept drilling on me and transforming me and my poor little brain was like, whew, I'll give up on you, son. Like, whew, you're, you're really weird. Phyllis thought about giving up on me. Like, it's weird. But transformation happened out. That season is so precious. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I, I miss that so bad. That overwhelming sense of your presence, that face-to-face -face time with you. It doesn't matter how, how ridiculous I looked. You changed me through that. I, I was getting, I was infused through that. Changed so many things through that, through that time. Any moment that I spent seeking the Lord was not in vain. It was, it was fruitful. It was beneficial. It transformed me. I don't have a good stopping point, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to stop because I want to continue this looking at the promises of the Lord, what he wants to do, just him infusing us, resurrection life running in our veins, yeah? So, Father, I just pray that we will um, have a grace to receive all that you're saying. Father, convict us with these expressions of how we feel that are bad and negative, that serve no good purpose at all. Teach us how to declare your promises. Teach us a new way. This old way isn't working out very good. Teach us how to look like your sons, because the end goal is that we're to look and be like, we're to be sons and daughters like Jesus. 
We're to look like him, act like him, because his resurrection life through our faith in him is running through our veins. Give us revelation every time we take communion. We're receiving more of you. We're saying yes to you. We're saying yes to covenant. We're saying yes to your promises. We're saying yes to all that you have for us. Father, continue to keep us healthy and well. Help us to rise above the fear and anxiety of our culture and our surrounding areas. Help us to be, we, we desire in your spirit, I know this is possible, to attain a peaceful place and to rise above the fray and to actually be those that have wisdom in this time. Words of hope for this time. Words of promise for this season. And I ask that you'll just lead us to help other people come to comfort, come to peace. We thank you for the supernatural protection you give us. Thank you for supplying all the needs that you supply. Thank you for the offerings and the tithes and the, 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 the means that you make. As we desire to continue to follow you, fulfill your way, fulfill your promises, to fulfill your commands. And we thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless everybody. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Phyllis and I have been watching 99-cent Christmas movies, and uh, it's been so fun.